Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Good evening, good morning, and welcome. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Thanks for joining me tonight. Great show lined up. We say that every night, and it's true, every night. Tonight we'll be talking about money. Not just any old money, but happy money. In fact, how to have happy money. Ken Honda will be our guest. He's the author of a book called Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. And he'll talk about how to create a life of abundance by changing your relationship with money. Uh, That's tonight's discussion. Just looking ahead at programs we've got coming up the rest of the week. Tomorrow night, Graham Phillips will return with us. He's a historical investigator. He's also an author. And he'll come back to talk about Stonehenge and discuss how it was used as an ancient healing sanctuary and a calendar. Stonehenge, again, one of the most mysterious um, megaliths on the uh, face of the planet. Very, very interesting structure with a very mysterious past. Thursday night, James Willis will be here to talk about the Paul is Dead conspiracy. If you're a Beatles fan or you're just a fan of rock and roll history, you'll know that uh, the Beatles had a bit of a controversy in the late 60s when a rumor started to circulate that Paul McCartney had been killed in a car accident. And then people started to see clues on album covers and in the uh, lyrics of the songs that the Beatles were recording and releasing, saying that this particular clue or this particular clue proves that Paul was killed in this car accident and he was replaced by a stand-in, by a look-alike. Uh, it's, a, it's, one of, it's, a, it's a rock and roll legend as far as conspiracies go, and uh, we'll be talking about it with James Willis on Thursday night uh, on the program. Friday, of course, will be a best-of show. And then Monday, Glennis McCants, she's been on the show before. She's known as the Numbers Lady, and she'll come back to talk about numerology. And she will do readings for callers. We'll spend a good chunk of the show Monday night with Glennis doing readings for people. So you'll have to be prepared to dial in because when we do that, our phone lines get full very, very quickly and um, that is a uh, it's tough to get through at times, but if you keep trying, you will be able to. So a lot of great stuff coming up on the show. And in the meantime, uh, there are a number of things you should do so that you can follow the show and our guests more uh, closely. Go to the Facebook page and give it a like at Beyond Reality Radio. Also, swing by YouTube and search for J.V. Johnson. And like and click the notification icon. That page, subscribe to it. That uh, YouTube channel will allow you to see the live stream of the show, participate in the chat room of the show, but it'll also give you an archive of programs. A lot of people um, just don't have the luxury of a radio station in their area uh, carrying the show yet, of course. Uh, So in the meantime, the YouTube option is a great option for a live stream. And also, like I said, there's an archive of programs there, and there's also some bonus content. Again, go to YouTube, subscribe to J.V. Johnson, click on the notification bell so that you get alerted when a new video or a live stream uh, is uh, started on the channel. So a lot of good stuff there. Visit the webpage, of course, Beyond Reality Radio. That's a place that you can uh, go and you can find our list of affiliate radio stations and see 
if one has been added in your area yet. If it hasn't been uh, added yet, it will be soon. I, I'm sure of it as our affiliate list grow, grows and grows, gets bigger and bigger, and we add more um, ge- geography to our, our coverage. Anyway, a lot of great stuff coming up, and uh, we appreciate you being part of it. So we'll take our first break of the night, and when we come back, we'll bring our guest, Ken Honda, into the show. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and save. I think most of us do. Welcome back to the program. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Thanks for joining us tonight, whether you're listening on one of the great radio stations carrying the program around the country, or you've joined us on the live YouTube stream, or you're listening as a downloadable podcast later. You're all very, very welcome to be here, and I appreciate you listening to the show. Tonight, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different than what we normally talk about on the show. Although it's probably one of the most important and influential things in every one of our lives, and that is, of course, money. Our guest tonight, Ken Honda, has written a new book called Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. Ken, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much, Javi, for inviting me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, so the book uh, just came out a couple weeks ago, right? Yes, June 4th, and it's been doing very well. Um, now, before we get into the details of how yes. uh, we can change our relationship with our money, let's talk a little bit about mm-hmm. you. Now, um, you uh, had a career prior to all this, right? I mean, you started doing, uh, what, was it accounting or something? Yes, uh, I started very young. I started my business when I was uh, 20, 21, and uh, went into consulting, accounting, and uh, I retired at the age 29, which is uh, kind of unusual for a Japanese man because that's when all the guys start uh, their work seriously. So I have a very different route than a lot of people. Yeah, so you were you were very successful very early on. And um, I, if I remember reading correctly, at, uh, uh-huh. at that point in your life, you had uh, a, your daughter came into your life and you decided that that was... Uh, worthy of all your time and attention, right? Yes. Uh, my wife and I found out that um, she is pregnant, and um, um, she asked me if we could have uh, some time off. And I meant um, two weeks. And after two <laughs> weeks, I wanted to have, we'll have a little more. And uh, that went into a month and two months, and I ended up spending four years wow. for just my baby girl. Well, well, I'll tell you one thing, you know, having two children now that are both grown myself, um, you can never recreate those days and th- that time. Mm-hmm. And you can you, if, if you lose them, you lose them forever. Right. That's true. And I did an in- interview when I was um, in my 20s. What would you regret most to people in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond? And what's interesting is that uh, the people who didn't um, get married they kind of regretted that they didn't uh, at least marry once. And the people who didn't have a child said, uh, you know, it, it could have been different. And the people who had kids, they regretted that they didn't have, uh, they didn't have enough quality time. So I thought if you have kids, having quality time is more important than, than making money or just having a great career. Because a lot of people talk about uh, family 
uh, when they talk about regrets. And I thought it's very interesting. Uh, that's my biggest find, findings when I was in my 20s. Yeah, and I think many of us feel that personally, especially when you, as you get older and you start losing members of your family and you regret the time you didn't mm-hmm. spend with those uh, those people who are very important in your life um, because you take them for granted frequently when they're, when they're there and then when they're no longer there or you don't have the time to um, give to them, then you start to regret the times that you did have and you couldn't do it or you didn't do it. You said it so beautifully and I, I, I can't agree more. So um, you you spent uh, time with your daughter, uh, and as you were um, doing that, you started to, what, think about uh, things a little bit differently. And I think you had an experience in a park one day watching another mother and daughter uh, interact that kind of made you decide that you needed to start helping people. Yes. Um, I just um, spent so much time with my wife and my daughter pretty much all day in the park or somewhere outside. And one day I saw a mother and her daughter playing in a, uh, in, in a swing. And, and she came, they came in like a few minutes ago and then they're already um, going to leave. So I was, I was wondering what they're doing. And, um, and the mother said, you know, mommy has to go to work, so we have to go. But the, but the girl was obviously, you know, who just came five minutes ago. So she was screaming, I don't want to go. I, we just, you know, came here and she's right. But because of work, because of money, she has to work. And I realized then that if all the people knew more about money and how, how to let money help you, um, they can have more quality time. That's uh, when I got the inspiration to write about happiness and money. That's so, almost uh, 18 years ago. So I always thought that money was just money. Either you had it or you didn't, or you were trying to get it, or you were spending it, you know, and it just kind of came and went in your life. But uh, happy money is a little bit different than that. So what is happy money? So happy money is money that makes you smile when you receive it. And when you spend it, it gives you joy. Everybody must have experienced some kind of happy money. Happy money is money that a child buys flowers for uh, Mother's Day with uh, their allowance. And uh, happy money is money that parents save up uh, soccer lessons, um, piano lessons for their kids, and uh, charity money that goes to um, in hurricane deserted area. So it's a, a, a money given out of love uh, is happy money, and makes that makes you feel good. So. You know, most of us have either a mortgage or rent. Most of us uh-huh. go to the grocery store and buy food. Um, mm-hmm. Most of us have to pay an electric bill. Is that happy money? Spending money on those things? Can, does that fall into the same category? It could be either happy money or unhappy money. Because if you just uh, pay the bills with frustration, anger, resentment, that's unhappy money. And happy money is money that you, uh, when you um, do a work you don't like and receive money, that's also unhappy money. So happy people pay bills on time and with gratitude because electricity bills, um, you got all the service and without electricity, you know, you can't read books, you can't watch TV, you can't have, use a fridge. So uh, people pay bills with gratitude. That's happy money. So it's up to you. So is this an attitude shift that we're talking about here or is there something deeper at play? I think uh, uh, the starting point on the surface is an attitude. It's more of an internal um, action that uh, you take uh, because a lot of people have, a lot of us have a a negative attitude uh, toward money. When we receive it, we feel like, ooh, you know, I should deserve more. Or like, 
we feel frustrated because the salary we get is so little. And also when we pay bills or we have to pay taxes or mortgages, whatever, we feel like, ooh, I don't want to pay for this. So it's either way, it gives, gives you tense and uh, despair and sometimes anger. That's unhappy money. So uh, even if you make the same amount of money, and even if you have the same amount of um, money uh, in the bank, um, you can be in the flow of happy money. It's just a, a simple attitude toward money. You you feel gratitude or you feel resentment. But you know, um, two lives are so different, and you'd feel the difference. Ken, a lot of us fall into the trap of being consumed by our finances, whether it's, as you said, because we receive a salary and we think we deserve more, uh, not necessarily need more, but deserve more, or we um, are spending money on things we don't necessarily need, and that causes some stress in our lives. I mean, I think almost everybody is uh, is consumed by this. It's This is a real uh, epidemic and common problem, isn't it? Yes, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, even if you make enough or more money, um you know, the, the toys that you want to buy become more expensive. One time I had an interview with a wealthy individual and asked him, uh, do you feel wealthy? And he said, no, not at all, because I don't have a private jet. <laughs> and then <laughs> later on, I had an opportunity to interview somebody with a private jet. And I asked him, do you feel like you're a wealthy man? And he said, not at all. I have a private jet, but it, it can seat only six people. It's very small, tiny. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, there's no end. So if you have one car, you want to have more expensive car, two cars, you know, uh, one house, two houses, maybe three houses. So um, there's no lim- uh, there's no end to it. Do you think we'd get the same answer if we had Jeff Bezos on the program and asked him if he felt like he was a wealthy man? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very interesting uh, thing. And I'm sure definitely... Um, Somebody like Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, they feel like they have more than enough yeah. because they're willing to share what they have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there, uh, it seems a lot of people would go into this discussion just assuming that there's mm-hmm. a direct relationship between happy money and amount of money or quantity or, or how much your bank account reads. Um, mm-hmm. But you're saying it's not necessarily about that. Yes. Of course, if you have more money, um, it gives you some comfort, but uh, in terms of happiness, uh, even if you make little money, if you know how to be con- content, if you know how to satisf- satisfy yourself, you can be uh, very happy uh, because uh, the amount of money doesn't give you happiness. But there's a study shows um, if you make more than 75,000 US dollars in North America, your happiness level, uh, you know, stay flat. So uh, that way, you could uh, increase your happiness up to $75,000. And even if you make $50,000 or $35,000, you can be very happy. It's, it's, it's more your attitude. And even if you make $750,000, if you, all your friends are making $3 million, you must feel very miserable. So uh, unless um, you get out of this money game, I call it, we feel very miserable in this game. 
Ken, a lot of people uh, are spending things, uh, spending money on things that, you know, maybe our parents didn't have the option of spending money on, like, you know, cell phone plans that run three or $400 a month or cable TV packages <laughs> yes. that are two or $300 a month. Um, you know, there's mm-hmm. a, li- there's an internet, you know, service that you didn't need 20, 30 years ago. There are a lot of things on our list of what we consider to be necessities anymore that run, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of hundreds of dollars each a month uh, that didn't exist so many years ago. Is that part of the problem, too? I think it's just only a partial problem because um, in the future, we'll have something else. Uh, we don't have a virtual reality uh, like plan yet. But, right, right. You know, in a couple of years, we're going to have that, like a 3D you know, system or something in the house. So, and a flying car option or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a, you know, a lot on the menu. Ken, we've got a lot to talk about here, but when the the uh, title says the Japanese art of making peace with your money, is this specifically uh, a cultural concept that you're trying to share, or is does it just so happen to be that because you're Japanese, this is something that uh, that you want to do, include in the title? I think it has uh, both aspects. Um, as um, Maria Kondo, my friend who um, published the book Magic of Tidying Up. Uh, she says thank you when she throws, uh, she um, lets go of uh, stuff uh, she doesn't need in the house, mm-hmm. you know, when it, when she ties ties up. Mm-hmm. So it's a similar concept because we believe in uh, Japanese Shinto has this tradition that uh, there are eight million gods. So um, like a table has a spirit and the water and, uh, you know, uh, a glass computer so that tradition um, let us uh, probably appreciate more about things. So appreciating money uh, is a very new concept for, I think, Westerners. But uh, the, the key concept of happy money is appreciate your money. Arigato your money is really the key to happiness. But like, thank you, money. You know, people kind of like feel puzzled at the beginning. But when you start appreciating money, your life will shift. So I hope everybody tries that, at least. It doesn't cost anything. Right. When um, you, these concepts and, and this particular idea that you share mm-hmm. in your book, um, were these things that you lived by when you had your accounting business and your, before you retired at the age of 29? Are these things you started to recognize after you retired? Uh, my father was a very successful accountant. So he taught me uh, everything that I needed to know about money. Uh, since I was five or six, but that was more of a money IQ part, intelligence part. And after I was uh, 2023, I started to find my mentors um, who teach me about financial EQ side, emotional side. And one of my mentors is called um, Wahei Takeda, who's called Warren Buffett of Japan. He is a very wealthy investor. And he said, the key to wealth is just appreciate money because when you appreciate things, uh, those things appreciate. So when you appreciate money, money appreciates. So he his teaching was very Zen, and I, I, I was fascinated with his philosophy. He didn't teach us uh, uh, the stock tips, like which one to buy and which one to sell, or when to buy, when to sell. He, he always said, appreciate your money and love your money, and money will love you. It's very zen, so it takes a while uh, for Westerners to really figure out what it is. 
There's but no, it's easy. Yeah, there's no question that uh, money and in, in some definitions, finances can be the source of a lot of stress, anger, fear in people's lives. I mean, we've seen families broken apart because of money. We've seen businesses mm-hmm. broken apart because of money. We've seen spouses broken apart because of money. If it's not uh, appreciated, Ken, it can really be devastating to people. That's so true. I do a lot of um, uh, couple counseling, family counseling, and uh, team building uh, counseling when it comes to money. Because uh, all the fights and all the discomfort in our relationships, either it's a private or business, uh, it's money related. And unless we we feel um, uh, total peace with money, we cannot find happiness. And it's so true, especially when it comes to a couple and money. Where? How do we? Um, how do we invite more happy money into our lives versus just <laughs> regular money? I mean, yes. how does that happen? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I always suggested, arigato in, arigato out. That means when the money comes into you in whatever the form, you say arigato or thank you, uh, because uh, just imagine whoever keeps your money, they chose you over somebody else. Uh, that means if you're uh, on your own, uh, they chose you to pay the money too. Uh, if you're a florist, masusu, or accountant or lawyer, they chose you out of all the other accountants and lawyers or flower shops. And that's something that you can deeply appreciate for. And if you start appreciating, what's interesting is that your clients feel that appreciation. Uh, one of my students in my seminar, uh, she was complaining about her boss, but later on, she found out that she should appreciate her boss more, which she did. And after a few weeks, she got a raise. And I, I, I've heard so many uh, of my students talk about the miracle, uh, miraculous things happened to them. Uh, a few weeks after they started appreciating about everything, they get um, a lot of appreciation back, either from their partners, family members, or clients and colleagues and bosses. So appreciation really works. I mean, it almost sounds like there's a bit of a, to use a different word, uh, karma involved uh-huh. in all of that. That's so true. And I think if you're familiar with how the wor- uh, world works, uh, uh, we, we tend to get together with a very similar, similarly minded people. So if we are always complaining, somehow you're surrounded by complainers. And if you're just always in appreciation and always full of gratitude, um, people who who want to appreciate you will be around you. So it might take a few few weeks to a few years, but if you start appreciating and keep appreciating, all the people around you are so generous um, and also loving, fun people. So um, try that. You know, if you just complain for about everything for three weeks, that will make you uh, uh, feel very miserable to begin with, and yeah. then you you drag everybody together. So. Uh, it's a choice, and it's not. Uh, once again, it's nothing to do with how much money you make or how much you have. It's about who you are and what kind of energy you send out. Because what you, whatever you send out, you will get it. So that's why I insist on um, studying the flow of happy money by saying thank you. Let's take those principles and apply them to say a single mother who um, mm-hmm. may not be making enough to pay rent, you know, buy the food, buy the clothes, doesn't get enough support from an ex-spouse. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and that person might be listening to the program saying, you know, I don't, I don't know how to be happy about this because I'm constantly struggling. Uh, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do they apply these principles? You know, the, the reason why you're struggling is that you're not asking enough. You know, to be in the uh, flow of happy money, you have to be somewhat vulnerable because we are so good at giving, but we are so bad at receiving. So if you're a single mother and needs help, you have to show that. Uh, you have to ask your neighbors to, to, for help. You have to um, uh, start asking your friends and family me- members for help. But the, um, a lot of people um, uh, have a so hard time uh, asking for help. That's why they are in uh, uh, hard times to begin with. So it's nothing to do with, once again, how much you make. If you're willing to accept support from everybody, you'll be overwhelmed by the, 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 the amount of support you get. It's just you're not asking enough. So people don't know because you, you seem you probably look happy and content enough. So people will never imagine that you need help. But if you say, I'm a single mother, I need help, people are generally very um, uh, generous and support you. A lot of people, uh, you know, have these kinds of struggles as well, and they may have uh, feel it's it's I don't know if it's a pride issue or what it happens to be to ask for that kind of help. Mm-hmm. Are you suggesting for like moral support help or do you mean uh, is, you know, looking for someone to help you pay your bills? Both, if you need both, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, some people are willing to pay um, a lot of money. In my seminar, I witnessed um, one person was crying because she didn't have enough money. So, uh, and I, I prepare a, a small box and I asked my audience, I have about 400 people in the seminar. And then um, if you feel the call to help her, just, um, you know, throw in some money. So it was so amazing to see how much they're throwing all the money to for her. Some people threw coins and $10 bills and some somebody just gave in a $100 bill and she got something like a few thousand dollars very quickly. And it's so, so moving because uh, for one thing, she was so afraid to ask for help, even um, from her own parents, from her best friends, because it, uh, it brings a shame issue, probably especially more so in Japan. But I think it's the same thing. You know, we have funny pride that gets in the way. But if we are so vulnerable and then open open up ourselves for help, it's amazing how many people are willing to help. Ken, I think that you might be the first guest we've ever had uh, from Tokyo uh, brought, or, uh, contacting us or connecting to us from uh, Japan, Tokyo. That's pretty exciting. Great. I'm so excited. Um, and it, it's it's live, right? It's uh, yeah. afternoon and it's uh, late at night. You. you. And yeah. I'm actually calling from your future. Yes, you are. You are. We are We are about 1, almost 1 a.m. here on the East Coast in, uh, in the uh, U.S. And what, you're in the afternoon yeah. at some point. Right. I'm calling uh, your tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> so, um, you know, we uh, often talk about having to have money to survive. And in many cases, people think more money is going to make you happier. But mm-hmm. do wealthy people struggle with this problem as well? Is unhappy money part of their lives, even though they have a lot of it? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a different kind. You know, um, I, I meet, for example, in one single day, I meet a hippie, 
to uh, people on the verge of bankruptcy, to a wealthy individual and super wealthy individual at night. You know, so all all, all kinds of people, but still uh, they have the uh, uh, similar uh, thing in, in in common. That is, they worry about money for different reason. Like uh, uh, poor people have a hard time making both ends meet, so they feel frustration. And the middle class and upper middle class, they feel like they're also feel drowning too because they're uh, they feel the need for saving up enough for their kids' college, um, you know, tuition and stuff. And also uh, upper middle class and uh, wealthy people, they always feel that they're going to lose their money somehow. So that means they're going to lose their pro uh, um, their comfort life. So we're all afraid of um, money in some ways. So unless we fail, we face the core issue of money, we cannot um, feel peaceful. Is there any connection between earning money and happy money? In other words, is there a certain happiness that comes along with money that you've earned yourself versus, um, you know, receiving in some other fashion? Yes. You know, one time at the party, I was approached by a Japanese woman and she said, can I look at your wallet? And I handed out my wallet to her and she checked the bills and she checked a bit my bills. She said, it's OK. This is great. This is good. Good. She handed back my wallet and she said, Ken, all your money is good. Uh, your money is smiling. And I asked her, what do you mean? She said, uh, you seem to be able to make a lot of people very happy and receive money. That's your money is smiling in your wallet. And I got this inspiration that if you make people happy and receive money, your money is smiling in your wallet. So that's the idea. You know, if you do what you love and then accept money, that's happy money. The uh, There's been a real shift in most economies and a lot of people are looking in the United States. This is particularly true. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's well over 50% of the population in some fashion uh, relies on some kind of money or assistance from the government. Mm -hmm. How does that affect all of this as more and more people start looking to governments or public entities for some, mm -hmm. and, and some of the, sometimes it's something as simple as just assistance with college tuition, um, mm -hmm. but it's still money coming from a government entity. Does that change any of this? You know, the more you uh, receive money from other sources, you feel vulnerable, and then you feel less confident, uh, confident about uh, the, the about the your ability to generate uh, money, generate income. So, um, I, unless you just um, stand on your own and then um, start generating um, money flow, you feel uh, dependent on something like uh, could be your uh, partner could be your uh, company you're working for, it could be the government. So uh, you have to really find the true source of money creation is in you. And, and if you knew that, you know that you're, you're like a ma money magnet. And then uh, if you become more attractive, the money will come to you. And if you are not doing a great job, money will not come to you. So it's, it's as simple as that. So if you can create something beautiful and contribute to the world, money will come to you according to the services you're giving to the world. 
We're talking with Ken Honda. We will be taking your phone calls in the second part of the program about his book, Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. And the phone number is 844-687-7669. We'll be continuing our conversation with Ken on the other side of the break. Don't forget that uh, coming up in the next few nights here on Beyond Reality Radio, we have Graham Phillips tomorrow night. He's a historical investigator and an author. He'll come back to discuss Stonehenge and how it was used as an ancient healing sanctuary and a calendar. And then on Thursday night, James Willis, who is an author and a speaker, will be talking about the Paul is Dead conspiracy. Now, this is something that all Beatles fans are aware of. It was a rumor that shook Beatle fandom in the late 60s when it was reported that Paul McCartney may have actually been killed in a car accident, and that um, if you looked at the clues on album covers and in some of the lyrics of the songs, you could actually get the real story. And uh, again, that'll be James Willis talking about that Thursday night. But again, we've got Ken Honda with us, and we'll be talking more about his book, Happy Money. A few things I'd like you to do, swing by the Facebook page and like Beyond Reality Radio so you can see more about what we're doing. You'll you'll learn about more about our guests and uh, things we have coming up on the program. Also, a lot of great posts from our listeners on the page. It's Beyond Reality Radio on Facebook. Also, my personal uh, Facebook page, J.V. Johnson. Give that a like as well. And do the same thing on YouTube. Subscribe to J.V. Johnson. If you do not have a radio station in your area that carries the program yet, that's a great way to watch and listen to the show. A live stream on YouTube. It's also a place where there's an archive of a couple of hundred of episodes of Beyond Reality Radio, plus some bonus content. All right there on YouTube. Just go to JV Johnson. So we have a lot going on in the next few days. Graham Phillips will be here tomorrow night. He's a historical investigator. He's also an author. We're talking about Stonehenge, how it how it was used as an ancient healing sanctuary and a calendar. Stonehenge, very mysterious structure. Also, Thursday, James Willis will be here to talk about the Paul is Dead conspiracy. If you're a rock and roll buff or a Beatles fan, this is one uh, that you want to hear. Paul uh, James will talk about that conspiracy that shook Beatles fans as they were told by some that Paul McCartney had died in a car accident and there was proof on album covers and in the lyrics of the songs to uh, tell the story. So that'll be Thursday night's program. It's going to be a great one. Looking forward to that. Friday, of course, is a best of. And then on Monday, Glennis McCants will come back to the show. It's been a while since Glennis has been here. She's known as the numbers lady. We'll talk about numerology, and we will also uh, take phone calls, and she will do numerology readings for callers. Uh, People love that, and we love it as well. And you're going to want to get your dialing fingers ready because the phone lines fill up quickly. That's Monday night's program. We are taking your phone calls now to talk about money with our guest tonight, Ken Honda. His website is KenHonda.com. And again, the book is called Happy Money. And again, Ken, thank you so much for being here. You are half a world away. It's amazing what technology can do, right? I mean, to to think that you are on the other side of the globe and you'd think you were sitting right next to me. Yeah, Jay, uh, thank you. It's you know I can hear it so close to to me. You're like, almost like right next to me. It's pretty. It is pretty amazing. Let's um, let's talk a little bit more about the book here, and then we're going to take some listener calls. We've had some people sure. waiting on hold for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about money being a problem often, whether it's because you have too much or you have too little, or somebody wants mm-hmm. it, or somebody. How do you get out of that rut? I mean, it's one thing to say. Uh, be grateful for the money that you receive and the money that you spend. But when you're in a rut mm-hmm. like that, how do you find a way out of it? You know, you have to stop comparing with other people. 
in English, uh, there's expression keeping up with Joneses, Joneses, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, you of have course. To, uh, you have to uh, do what your neighbors or friends do. Um, that is a bad action, <laughs> bad idea, because um, no matter what you do, you feel like it's not enough. So uh, you have to really get out of this comparison mode. And unless you shift your consciousness toward you and how you feel about it, you'll never find peace around money. And, and that's number one. And then number two is you have to really uh, confront uh, where you stand because uh, where you are financially is a result of what you've done in the past 10, 20, 30, 40 years. So you really have to face that. But it's almost like uh, dealing with your weight issues. It didn't happen overnight. So you really have to face uh, what you've got. That's always the hardest. Yeah, it is definitely the hardest. Um, it's, it's always, it's, uh, grass is always greener syndrome in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. We are taking mm-hmm. your phone calls at 844-687-7669. And like I said, we've had some people on hold for a while. So I'm going to go take a couple listener questions here. This is Felipe in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. Is it Felipe or Philippe? It's Felipe. Welcome to the program, Felipe. You're on with Ken Honda. Hello, Felipe. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Good morning to you. I've been a long-time listener, and I love your work. And Mr. Honda, good afternoon to you. Like, I agree. It's Thank incredible you. that I'm even talking to you on the phone. That's beyond <laughs> my yes. comprehension. And somebody way smarter than me, I'm thankful for it because otherwise I wouldn't be able to speak to you. And uh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance in my eyes. Well, thank so, thank you for the kind one, words. Thank you for having the show, Mr. Johnson, and two, thank you, Mr. Honda, for all your work. I followed it for a while, and yeah, in my opinion, brilliant. And I don't mean to sound sycophantic, and I'm not going to say any more on it because I could be effusive with praise for minutes on your work, <laughs> and Mr. Johnson, likewise, because I love what you have done. So wow. I only have one question, and if there's some kind of time limit, by all means, let me know and cut me off because I know you have a lot of people waiting. No, you're good. But, uh, a little bit of background about me before is uh, I was in the military, in the Army. I was a combat engineer, and I spent a year in Afghanistan looking for IEDs. And I did not get paid a quarter of what I make now. Not that I'm complaining. It was an honor and a privilege to fight in the global war on terror, as it is called, for thank America, because I was originally born in Costa Rica. So I loved it. it was, thank you. Know, I'm, thank, I'm so you. Yeah. Is, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, Felipe. Thank- Thank you, sir. It was uh, like I said. I'm, I'm grateful that I did. You know, I I, I, lo- I love everything about it. I could not talk about it enough. But essentially, I only made a, like I said a, a small portion of what I make now. And my, I'm not roofing contractor now. And uh, I agree with everything you're saying, Mr. Honda. But I'm not you know I don't have to. You probably forgotten more about this stuff than I will ever learn. But I. You know, I agree with everything you're saying. Not only until recently that I started living that way because, one, I believe in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I don't know if you all are familiar. I'm sure you are. But essentially, it says what you're saying, that in order for somebody to be completely happy, not only to be able to be able to ensure their survival, but they need to be have some sort of financial stability, whatever that means, depending on the market that they live in. And based on the market, I get to put on beautiful roofs, and I feel like I'm helping out homeowners because that's a, it is an asphalt shingle. There are better roofing products, but it's our best one on the market. So I'm happy every time I put it on. And uh, you know, the company's name is Pride, and I love it because not only was Pride the first city I moved in in the United States, but the motto is a job well done, it's a job done with pride, and I love everything about that. So I'm not going to, you know, I don't mean to market the company or anything like that, but 
long story short, my question to you is, I know that I'm making how much the market pays, but it's way more than I ever wished or dreamed I would make. And uh, I agree with everything you're saying. I feel like my wallet, based on your determination, because I've been listening for like the last 47 minutes or so, and I feel like my wallet is a happy wallet, full of happy pills, you know, because, uh, you know, like you said, I'm happy and I'm providing a good service, in my opinion. So my only question is, if I can't think of anything else to ask you, is how long have you known what you know and thought about money the way you think about it today? Great question, Felipe. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Felipe, for, um, for sharing your life. I feel so happy when I find another happy soul. So I'll congratulate you on that. Uh, I've been thinking this way for about uh, probably 15, 20 years at least, and um, a little before that. So uh, half of my life I've been living uh, in this flow of happy money, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And what I found is that uh, uh, more gratitude I have toward money, I really appreciate. So what I appreciate, really appreciates. So. Um, I used to feel like I have more than enough, and now um, the more I make, the more I receive, and the more I share, the more more to come. So I'm overwhelmed by the generosity of other people, the income I, I have, and so I feel like I'm so blessed with uh, um, abundance. So I'm, I'm thinking of ways to share what I have, what I know, uh, so freely. And so once you go over the survival mode, you just find fun in sharing whatever you have, whatever you know. So I think the, the important thing is go over the survival mode as fast as you can. And then if you can make uh, both ends meet, and then you can start thinking of some luxury and uh, more to share with uh, other people, with your family and the people you don't know. So I think, uh, Felipe, your your next goal is, you know, go beyond what you make and then start sharing what you have. So I bless you in advance. That's what we do in Japanese culture. I bless your financial independence, bless your happiness in advance, because you're going to get more of that along the way. Felipe, thank you for that terrific phone call and those very, very kind words, by the way. Our number is 844-687-7669. We're going to take one more call before we go to break. This is our good friend, Barry. Welcome to the program, Barry. Hello, JV, Jimmy Johnson. What a great- <laughs> Great show, and I'm telling you, your last caller was so spot on, JV. He, I mean, I, I, I'm the same way. I'm not real wealthy, but I got enough money to when I'm out shopping around and I see somebody in the check checkout line, I go ahead and pay back or pay forward, whatever you want to do. I love to spend thirty, forty bucks on somebody getting groceries, and I. I it's just happy money. It's so wonderful to feel the freedom of being able to help some. You know, I'm not a millionaire, nothing like close, but it feels good to help when I can. You see you see a smile on somebody's face that you don't see every day, right, Barry, when you do something <laughs> like that? You know what? It gives me such a great feeling in my gut, right, right where my heart is. I mean, these people appreciate you. I mean, if you don't buy thirty, forty dollars worth of groceries, I mean, they they feel like you bought a new car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It, it's true. And Ken, Ken, is that the yeah. is that the is that part of the recipe here for happy money? 
Yes, I mean, even if it's like three dollars, that's happy money. But you're way beyond more generous than um, many people. So I'm so touched by what you do, and I I can really sense happiness from your voice. So I really well, congratulate you too. Well, thank you for saying so. And fellas, I'm telling you what a great little show. And keep it up, JV. Jason's not even needed around there. <laughs> Don't let him hear that. <laughs> Barry, <laughs> Barry, thank you so much for the phone call. We always love having you on the program. That's Barry from North Carolina, a great friend of Beyond Reality Radio. Ken, this is kind of a short segment, but when should we start thinking about money this way? Is this something that we should start as youngsters or after you get your first job? Or is there a point where we need to start looking at things differently? <laughs> so I think ideally, if you start dealing with money when you're three or four or five, that's ideal. But I think the second best time is now. So uh, whoever, uh, on how, how old ever you are, I think you can start today by thinking, uh, by, by appreciating money. So, um, and, and you don't need any license or certificate to start um, happy money. So just start appreciating money. And what's interesting is that once you uh, transform your relationship with money, uh, everything changes because uh, uh, if you have a good relationship with money, uh, you tend to trust life more. You tend to have better relationship uh, with your partner, family members, clients, uh, colleagues, and, and with the society. So once you're in this appreciation gratitude mode, uh, the society will be somehow uh, more gentle and generous for you. When I was a kid, um, my parents gave me a weekly allowance. Now, my parents did not have much money at all. My dad worked three jobs. My mother was a waitress until after I actually went to college. Then she ended up getting a better job. But, um, you know, they struggled struggled all of the time, but I remember them laughing and enjoying themselves and finding ways to live their lives fully. And then, you know, they would give me an allowance and they would teach me how to save and they would teach me how to appreciate that, that money that I had. And it wasn't a lot. Um, I don't know if, if it's, it's the norm now, or if it's the exception, uh, that kids get an allowance from their parents. I know mine didn't, they just got whatever they needed. Uh, so uh-huh. what are the lessons we're teaching kids uh, with allowance or as they start to get money, whether it's from a, for a birthday or whatever, um, how do we teach kids to, to appreciate it better? You know, in general, I want um, family to talk more about money because uh, money is such a, a big taboo everywhere in the world. And it's more so in North America. I was so surprised that um, uh, American people don't talk about money in public. Uh, uh, Japanese people talk somewhat more talk about um, money in public, but uh, we, we, we talk less uh, about uh, sexual things. So it's interesting. It's different from you know one culture from another. But once you start talking about money more, um, you know uh, how, um, how your family is doing financially, and I want the kids to be responsible for your family situation too, because um, kids have no limits. And uh, what they wonder is like what their friends are having. So if they once know their family situation, they kind of um, find ways to cope with the reality. And it's more healthy uh, than just ignoring what's going on in the family, especially when they're uh, having a hard time to make both ends meet uh, financially. 
I remember my grandfather. We just have about 30 seconds here. I remember my grandfather mm-hmm. t- giving, he lived through the Depression and fought in World War II, you know, the greatest generation. Um, I remember mm-hmm. him saying to me all the time, take care of the pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. <laughs> you know, it was all yes. about frugality. Is frugality part of this or does that really not part of what we're talking about? If you want to go for that, that's okay. But um, there's, if there's plenty of money in the world, you just you can enjoy money. You don't have to, you know, pinch, uh, pinch pennies. So just live your life because life is out there to be lived, yeah. not to be saved. Ken, is this your first book that's uh, been released in English or have you had others? Uh, this is my very first um, book in English. I've written more than 57 or 8 but wow. in Japanese. But this was a struggle because English was uh, my second language. So um, it was a big stretch for me to write um, in a foreign language. So you actually, but I was so passionate. You yeah. actually wrote it in English and didn't write it in Japanese and have it translated? I wrote in my poor English, and I have a <laughs> <laughs> great supporters who who just uh, made sense in uh, uh, modern English. <laughs> so, so you talk about uh, the way that we relate to money is mm-hmm. the way we actually relate to life. Talk about that at length. You know, uh, I've done a lot of counseling, and uh, the often uh, thing that comes up is uh, uh, people worry about money. And then um, all of us seem to worry about money all the time. But when you uh, take a look, a closer look at what's happening, we're not really worrying about money. Uh, we are worrying about the situation without any money. In other words, uh, we're um, imagining and we're hallucinated by this, you know, a nightmare that someday we'll be in a situation without any money. And that kills us. But uh, when you come to think of it, even though we are happen to be in a situation with no money, uh, if you have many friends to help you or family to support you, you have nothing to worry about. And uh, I've, I've done a lot of interviews with wealthy people, and at least three or four times in their life, they happen to fall into this place with no money. But they don't care about it because um, after a few months, they come back to being wealthy again. So you need resilience, you know, instead of uh, just worrying about it. So um, worrying about money is almost like uh, um, put, putting a curse on your future. Uh, even if you happen to be in a, a place of no money, as long as you have help, you can come back. So it's more of a trust issue that you have. Um, you are not trusting life enough. So if you just um, deal with uh, uh, money worries and just then clean it out, you have more trust in life. One of the quotes on your website is talking about your willingness, a person's willingness to receive happiness and receive mm-hmm. abundance. Um, yes. mo- most people would think that it, they, they want both of those things. But what you're suggesting is here, you need to be open to receiving these things. How does that work? You know, in life, of course, we want everything to be our own way. But as it life goes, we know it's not true. So sometimes we want something so badly, but uh, that doesn't seem um, happening. So um, in order to be happy, we have to know what we want. And also we have to go for it. But at the same time, we have to be satisfied with what we got. Um, Otherwise, we'll keep complaining. So uh, in life, there's this uh, two parts. One is take actions and going forward. And at the same time, um, receiving whatever we got and still enjoy it 
and we might not marry uh, the the best love of our life, but still we can be happy. We not we may not end up with the best job, but still we can find happiness. And somehow, life is mysterious that way, and uh, and it's almost like we're guided to toward a place, and that's probably very different from uh, the place where you imagine 10, 20 years ago. Do you think too many people put an importance on uh, whether they're satisfied with the job they do? I often look at it and say, hey, you know, get, sometimes getting a job is nearly impossible. If you've got one, you should be thankful for it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it provides you with something that you need, which is money. Uh, do you think that is a silly way to look at it? Or do you think uh, maybe too many people um, t- get too much stress out of the fact they don't like their job? So I think uh, it's a happy standpoint of view that you you can be simply happy by having a job. But at the same time, you have to really face your reality too. If you feel like uh, you're getting paid too little, you have to start looking for uh, a more highly paid job. And, and that will be found through um, your network. And that's something that um, you find more satisfying um, um, atmosphere too. And to do that, you have to find your gifts. That's another subject of uh, many of my books. You have to find what you're good at, uh, uh, what you can do it without any uh, work. So once you find your true gifts, you can monetize it. You can change. You can probably transfer jobs, and then sometimes uh, you should go on your own, and and that way you can make more money and uh, and more satisfying job. So um, you have to have two um, different perspectives. You have to feel happy about what you've got, but at the same time, you have to uh, take actions in order to be happier. You had a an accounting practice. You mm-hmm. retired for a while. You discovered that you had a message and a vision to share with people, uh, and mm-hmm. that's what you're doing now with your book, Happy Money. Um, those are three very, very distinct phases of your life. Would you say, yes. w- which of those three um, do you feel as though uh, you were most suited for? You know, right now, I don't feel like working at all. Like this interview or the, my uh, writing, uh, it's come so naturally. So um, for me, everything is a bliss. It's so fun. You know, I get to speak to thousands of people. I'd be on TV, like this radio. It's my dream. So I feel like sometimes, you know, I'm just uh, twisting my uh, arms and my cheek like, is this my dream? Or, you know, <laughs> am, I, am I dreaming? So uh, that's how I feel. And when I was doing accounting, I was more doing it out of uh, family obligation. My father was a CPA. My father and uh, my brother is uh, an accountant. So uh, I was sort of doing uh, fulfill my role, which wasn't so bad. But now I'm following my heart, and I'm just get to share whatever I do. I don't need I don't need to do this financially. I'm just doing this for fun, which makes it more fun. Have you been able to share this message with people? Then actually watch some of them transform into uh, using some of this, and and their lives becoming better because of it. Yes, at least personally, tens of thousands of people. You know, my podcast has a uh, uh, downloads of uh, forty million people. Oh, wow. And I have like hundreds of thousands of um, testimonials on my Japanese website. And it's so miracle that uh, people shift in just one action, just thank your money. And I've done 
uh, many uh, events in Japan. Almost um, every week, I, I speak to uh, big events, um, and and every every day I'm transforming people's lives. And I I'm so grateful that I get to do this in an English speaking country, and also in China soon and Europe. My book will be out in 40 different countries. As you uh, release the book in these various countries, and particularly uh, because you have written for a Japanese audience for a long time, and this is your first book in English, which um, obviously is important for the United States, mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. see any differences culturally here about it's this so about this particular topic? <laughs> yes. Uh, for example, uh, like the radio uh, interviews uh, a few days ago, I received a question. Um, people asked me, so how can we increase income? So that's like very typical American uh, person asking me questions. Sure. Whereas Japanese people ask uh, me questions like, how can I satisfy with less income? So it's a different approach. Wow. And so, so, you know, so the American, <laughs> the American audience is more interested in getting more. <laughs> yes. And, and the Japanese audience is more interested in, in being happier with less. Yeah, so uh, because that means less work. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's very interesting and fascinates me because uh, n- n- neither of them is wrong. You know, it's just a different approach, and that fascin- fascinates me a lot. Um, so once again, let's kind of bring this around full circle. Uh, when, uh-huh. Let's let's talk about what it means to have a loving, abundant relationship with money. Hmm. So uh, once again, if you are in gratitude uh, with money and also if you do what you love and share with uh, the uh, lovely people, uh, if you love your clients, your customers, you're in heaven because you're just um, contributing to your family. I'm sure that's what Steve Jobs was feeling. You know, He was so excited to develop new iPhones, iPod or whatever the product or services he was creating. Um, <laughs> people can find joy when they feel uh, the need um, to, to support other people with their gifts. So if you start living your passion and receive money, uh, happy money through your life work, and just uh, start this cycle, uh, you can't stop. And, uh, and, and at, uh, after a while, you get more than uh, your own survival. So you will stop probably sharing what you have in terms of uh, money and also your generosity and that brings you more joy. So once you go into this beautiful cycle, your life will be very different. So the first stage of getting out of survival is the hardest. As we look at, take your advice and we start looking at money differently. And, um, you know, many of us with children often think of our, um, um, you know, our, our states and uh, state planning and these types of things and leaving things and money to our children. And some people are of the mind, uh, they want to time it so when they pass away, it, the, ba- the balance is zero, and they've spent their money enjoying their lives. Do either mm-hmm. of those scenarios um, affect ha- happy money one way or the other? I think it's, it's an individual. We didn't get to talk about the money type, but uh, there are spender type and saver type and compulsive maker type and the hippie type, money different type. Uh, depending on uh, which type your children are, if you, your children are a uh, spender type, if you leave money, they will just spend, 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 and they are uh, uh, they could be in deep um, debt, and so you have to be careful leaving a lot of money for the spender. So you know you have to be careful with uh, um, 
what your children's behavior are like. And if you pay much attention to your kids, probably you're okay. But uh, a lot of family wealth could ruin kids' life, so you have to be very careful. Yeah, I actually have some personal experience with that in my family. Um, mm-hmm. That I've seen it. I've seen it ruin some some kids. And yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm sure some of our listeners do as well. Okay, so mm-hmm. the book is called Happy Money. Where can people find the book? You can find it uh, anywhere in Amazon and also uh, Barnes and Nobles and all the big stores. And also, uh, there are 150 airport bookstores. They're everywhere. It's oh, wow. yellow smiley face so you can you cannot miss and and what do you want people to walk away with most importantly after they've read the book you know it may sound ironic but after reading my book i want you to forget about money because money is just uh, the support of your life so uh, start living your life and then if you forget about uh, money uh, and then start focusing on your life and family that's a beautiful success for my book So just start appreciating money, and eventually I hope you forget about money. And that's... (laughs) That's my idea. I know this. Uh, I know this book was just released recently, so it might be a little premature to ask you this. But what's next on uh-huh. your plate? So I have uh, uh, twenty more books uh, in my head for English audience. So you know, I write um, books so fast. I usually write a book in two weeks. So I'm I'm ready to rock and roll for my <laughs> English books. Well, that's great. Ken, uh, it's a fascinating discussion. It's actually a very, 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 very important topic that many of us avoid or at least uh, put out of our minds until it's a problem. So thank you very much for being on the show. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening in at late time of your life. And and is the website the best place for people to go to just follow your work? Yes. And also you can find my information on Facebook and all the information is web. Ken Honda is an easy name for American people, I guess. Yeah, it is. All right. Thanks again, Ken. Um, do, you, do you have happy money here, Ryan? I do. I think I do. Mm-hmm. Based on what? Based on the fact that you're grateful for it? Um, yeah, and that I feel like uh, through this show, we're kind of providing a service to people. Uh, I know mm-hmm. when we have psychics, etc., people feel really grateful for guidance and all that. And so this work is part of that. Uh, that's a great point. And uh, speaking of which, uh, we've got Glennis McCann coming up uh what is that monday night mm-hmm. monday night show now of course she's a numerologist not a psychic but um she's done some really great readings on the program for listeners and she's going to be doing that on monday night as well we'll talk about numerology with her and then we'll spend the most of the show taking calls so people can do readings and i remember her when she was on the show last time we had a lot of very very uh, grateful listeners uh felt that, that she helped them a lot Mm-hmm. And even if it's not a direct guidance, uh, personalized guidance, I mean, you know, Ken Honda, is, I think, provided a lot of guidance for people out there listening tonight. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think we often look at money as a quantity only thing. You know, we, we feel like if we don't ha- if we don't have more, we're either not successful, we're not proud, we're not making it, we're not whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't often take a moment to sit back and just be thankful for what we do have. Right. Mm, right. And share it with others. And share it with others. That's a good point. Um, Let's see. Tomorrow night's program, Graham Phillips will be with us. We'll be talking about Stonehenge. I love talking about Stonehenge. We haven't talked about that on this program in quite some time. And he'll be discussing um, as how it was used as an ancient healing sanctuary and a calendar. And then Thursday, Paul is dead. No, I'm not talking about Paul Lynn. I'm talking about Paul McCartney. 
And the fact, does anybody remember who Paul Lind was? Oh, sure, I do. <laughs> you do. Ryan does. Nice. Uh, Paul McCartney, uh, obviously, Beatle uh, was rumored to be dead in the late 60s and that there were hints in the um, images on the albums and in some of the lyrics of the songs. Uh, James Willis will be talking about that whole thing on Thursday night's program. And, of course, Friday is a best of. I can't believe you actually did a Paul Lynn impersonation. Uh, on yeah. national radio. That's <laughs> impressive. Wow. <laughs> My talents are never ending. And, so, and uh, people in the in the chat are talking about Hollywood Squares, right? He was in Hollywood oh, Squares. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was. Oh, That's God, he, was, he killed on that He was show. on Bewitched, too, wasn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, he's a man of many talents. Um, uh, Bye Bye Birdie, of course. That's right. He was in Bye Bye Birdie the, with Ann Margaret, that mm-hmm. film version. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight, everybody. Hey, thanks for being here. Thank you uh, for listening to the show. And thank you to our guest, Ken Honda. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.Taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.